please take the time right now to click every link in our show notes to sign petitions, donate money, and find other resources to stand up for the black community. It is important for us and our listeners to be actively anti-racist and support our black friends, family, and colleagues in every way possible. We have committed to an ongoing monthly donation to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, which supports racial justice through advocacy, litigation, and education. Visit NAACPLDF.org for more information. The force is unusually strong with him. That much is clear. Who was his father? There was no father. I carried him. I gave birth. I raised him. I can't explain what happened. I miss you, son. Son is dead. Kylo Ren is dead. My son is alive. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Force Time. My name is Travis and today I am here with... Kara. Hello, it's me again. Kara, welcome back to the show. So excited to have you back. I think today we might... I'd have to look it up, but we might be making Star Wars podcast and Star Wars fanzine history with this episode. So I haven't researched it yet, but I think this is maybe the first of a first. So we've been going back and forth the past couple of weeks on what we want to do for a new episode. And we landed on what are our favorite Star Wars headcanons. So Kara took that and ran. And Kara, can you kind of talk about how you came up with this idea? Yeah, so basically I was working on the layout for the June issue of my zine, which comes out next week while we're recording this. So I had a two-page spread that was empty, and I didn't really know what I wanted to write about, but I knew that I was really excited to talk to you on the show about headcanon. So I was like, why don't we do a joint thing in the zine and then have a podcast episode to go with it? So you can like see a little bit of it in the zine and then hear us talk more in depth about it on the episode. So just kind of made sense. And it's such a fun topic. And I think it's like something that everybody has their own. So it's like, I kind of like that idea of like, uh, it sparks your imagination a little bit. So yeah, I think it'll be really cool for sure. Yeah. When you came up with this idea, I had, I've had so many headcanons, you know, just throughout my time as a Star Wars fan, but I had never... Should we also, should we define headcanon just just Ooh. in case we have a listener who doesn't? So headcanon is basically like a story that you kind of create in your own mind to fill a gap that isn't shown in the main content material, right? Basically, that's sort of yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good, that's a good breakdown. And yeah, that's good for those um, who maybe don't know what a headcanon is because yeah i guess probably for us we like immediately like know what that is but yeah it is kind of one of those concepts i feel like everybody has that you know you have it even if you don't know you do yeah right it's one of those like any movie there's always little things to kind of fill in here and there and i've had so many 
and probably a bunch that I've even forgotten. But when we started talking about this and like I wrote them down, it was, I just kept going with it and like kept right? going down yeah. rabbit holes. And I'm like, oh, I got to look this up or I got to like think about this. And then it just kind of like went off the rails. So totally. hopefully I can, I can rein it all in. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love hearing other people's head cannons as Me well. Too. It's, it's, it's so interesting to see how everyone interprets things differently or what they would hope for or what they, they really enjoy about things. So I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. So this is how it's going to work. We each picked our three favorite Star Wars head cannons of the moment uh, <laughs> and have not told each other what they are. We know who the characters are that are involved in these, but we don't mm-hmm. know at all what they are so and we picked we picked different ones without even talking about it which is really exciting so yes yeah we have six different characters so we each have three six different characters that they kind of revolve around a couple of mine like kind of get into some other characters but there's like one main character so yeah i think we're we're gonna really learn a lot about each other through this episode um <laughs> For better or worse, I don't know. We'll see. It it should be a lot of fun. So we will go ahead and get started. Will I ever see you again? What does it hurt to tell you? Kara is going to go first. And Kara, let's get started. Okay, so my first headcanon is basically the general theme of it is just that Shmi Skywalker has the force. So I feel like you and I might have touched on this when we were either like when our chill group Jedi Club watched The Phantom Menace a few weeks back or at some point. I feel like I'm always talking about it, but <laughs> or I'm, I'm always like hinting at it. But basically, yeah. So I think that Shmi Skywalker has the force. I don't know to what level. I don't know if she realizes that she has it, but basically... I feel like there's such a, in general, such a knowingness and a wisdom to her. And, you know, when we see her in The Phantom Menace, she seems so in tune with herself. And, you know, you don't have to have the force to have that. But I don't know, there's something something about her, even just the way that she talks to Qui-Gon and their interactions. I don't know. I just think she has the force. Okay, so <laughs> so I have a few pieces of evidence Well, no, I have one piece of evidence, which I found last week. And I think I yelled at you about it. So I recently started my visual dictionary collection. And my first one that I ordered was the Phantom Menace Visual Dictionary. I got it from a half price book website. So it's like a first edition. It has a sticker on the front that says like, see the new film Phantom Menace. And on the Shmi Skywalker page, it says... Shmi can always sense when Anakin is nearby, even when she cannot see or hear him. And I was like, uh, pardon me. (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's like the best, one of the best things about headcanon is when something in canon happens to like confirm it for you or to like further along your descent into madness. So that was really exciting for me. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that Shmi could have the force? I love it. I, yes, you brought it up. I think, I can't remember if it was around our baby Yoda episode or somewhere around there. We had kind of, you kind of casually like dropped it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, and didn't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when you kind of brought that up, 
more recently. And yeah, when you sent me that picture from the visual dictionary, I was like, okay, yeah. And it was one of those things where I never thought about it, but it makes mm-hmm. so much sense. And and you can talk about this because this was you, but yeah, maybe getting it when she was pregnant. Well, because that was my question was, if she does, so say that she does have a connection with the force, is it in the way that we all do and she's just more tuned into it? Or is it something that occurred when she was given Anakin the child when, when she when because Anakin is born of the force, right? So like, maybe she gained a connection through that. I, I hate to attribute it just to like, Palpatine I guess I don't even want to go there but like but I don't know I feel like or was that why she was chosen to carry Anakin in the first place because she did have a connection in the force it's kind of like chicken or the egg type thing like which way did it go and then I also was like looking at her quotes and stuff while I was thinking about this and like how she says my place is here my future is here it's time for you to let go it's like I just wonder if and, and then when Anakin is leaving and she says, don't look back, does she sense like the darkness that kind of waits for him on Tatooine? Because, you know, the next time he goes back there after leaving is all those terrible things happen when he goes to try to rescue her. And then obviously the Tusken Raider massacre and all that stuff. Like, did did she I just wonder if she sensed that or if it was as simple as like, oh, my little kids like going off to Jedi school, but like he was so little. So it's like, I don't know. I just wonder if that was an in my head canon, I guess. I feel like she did sense that evil that was like waiting for him there. And she wanted to get him off of that planet and like hope that something better waited for him elsewhere. You know what I mean? I love that. I have never thought of that as like, she wanted, like maybe she sensed, what was going to happen on Tatooine and with her and the Tusken Raiders. And that's why she was like, no, you, you need to go to get away from this. Right. I've never literally never thought about that, but that's, that's amazing. And that was a really good quote too. And yeah, really, I think Shmi is just like, she's just so underrated as a character. And I wish yeah. we, I wish we had more of that because that's always been, I think one of the main messages of Star Wars is like kids need their parents or they need like a loving family like they don't need Mm -hmm. to go away and be a jedi and be like i feel like that it starts with that you know Mm -hmm. all the things that were wrong with the jedi and everything that they made so many mistakes and what led to palpatine taking over started at that age where it's like you need your mom or you need your parents or you need father figure or mother figure or whatever and yeah i just i don't know yeah I, i like the which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, <laughs> did she have the, did she, was she already force sensitive? And it kind of right. reminded me a little bit of Ray, you know, cause Ray, she didn't know what was inside her. Like she didn't mm-hmm. know that she was force sensitive or whatever. Like she, she obviously knew there was something there, but it's kind of the same with Shmi. Like she probably didn't know what was going on. And especially right. like, ah, uh, just the backstory of, like how Anakin came to be and like Shmi, I wish we had so much more. Exactly. Yeah, I do too. And it's like, I mean, when you just said that about Ray, it's like we got so focused on where did Ray's how like abilities come from and did it come from her lineage? And it's like, well, so Anakin is born of the force, but did any of his abilities come from Shmi? Like, 
is that crazy? Maybe I'm going to get like, I don't know, yelled at for saying that, but it's like, I know that he was like created from the midichlorians and all that stuff, but like, did any of his ability besides obviously his compassion, but like, did anything come from Shmi? I don't know. I don't know. Right. I love it. I think, I think Thank that's you. probably, it's probably now going back and watching everything again. Like that's going to be one of my head cannons too. So no, I think that's, that's so interesting. And yeah, we, we don't talk about Shmi enough. I, I agree. And I think at the least, like, even if she didn't like straight up have the force, quote unquote, she definitely was tuned into something at the very bare minimum. She was tuned into something. I really think so. The sensing Anakin, even when he's not around, mm-hmm. is it made me think of my kids and like, yeah. Mart before where one of them runs over to the next aisle and we don't know where they just went like oh my god <laughs> the <laughs> like, worst feeling right our kids yeah and it's like i can't sense exactly where they are you know it's like right. so that's not a parent thing like that's a shmi thing you know like that's <laughs> that's uh like i've i've been there and i wish in that moment that i could sense exactly where yeah. they are but it's like the worst feeling and so totally. just like that quote like that's where that hit me like first i was like oh damn yeah. there, there is something like more to it there and yeah i think that is probably one of the great mysteries uh, mysteries of star wars is we don't know exactly you know we know anakin was the chosen one we right. know that you know he he had no father and but we don't really know a lot of that but i think there's definitely something special with shmi something. there i really think so yeah i love it ah, thank you that's, it's gonna be hard to talk <laughs> that one no that was my that's my story i'm sticking to it <laughs> i love it now be brave and don't look back don't look back. So kind of sticking on, on theme with the prequels and this one, this headcanon of mine, actually, the more I dug into it, the more it kind of spans the prequels, original and sequels. Ooh. So, but it kind of revolves around Padme. And so in Return of the Jedi, we of course get Luke and Leia's conversation about what do you remember about your mother? And Leia says she was young, she was very beautiful. And then in Revenge of the Sith, we find out that Padme died in childbirth, right? So that right. was always that's always been one of the biggest like plot holes, quote unquote, that people like to bring up. In my head, even since like I saw Revenge of the Sith and like I was first aware of that being a plot hole, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I always thought that Leia was so strong with the force that she recognized her mother from childbirth. But the more that I like, as I got older, it kind of evolved into more of no, maybe it was more on Padme. And I think that Padme visited Leia through the force or I was on the, maybe it was a dream. Yeah. You know, or maybe she had a force vision, but I, I like to think that Padme visited her somehow and when you brought up Shmi and was she force sensitive after she was pregnant with Anakin? Did she, was she already force sensitive? Right. To me, it seems like Padme might've gained some of that while she had the twins, you know, or while the twins, while she was pregnant with Luke and Leia. And yeah. it makes me think that they were so powerful, even as babies, 
that somehow she kind of got a little bit of that before she died and somehow visited Leia. Now, there's a lot of, like, you have to really walk, you know, a long ways to, to make this connect. But sure. after The Rise of Skywalker came out, and probably my my favorite scene in that whole movie is when Han visits Ben, right? And Ben says, you're just a memory. I never liked that, right? I never liked the, oh, he's just a memory. Like, I liked to think that that was Han somehow. Mm-hmm. And in my head, Luke helped Han somehow visit Ben. Okay. And I feel like there, if, if I'm thinking of it like that, that there's a precedent with Padme doing the same thing. Did Padme have help mm-hmm. from Qui-Gon, who we know like right around this time that she died, somehow helped her? You know, I, I don't know. There's a lot. It gets really weird, like forcey type stuff. But especially after the Rise of Skywalker came out with the Han thing, right. I was like, well, if that can happen. That wasn't a memory. Like that was Han. You know, it, we can say that it was all day, but somehow that was Han. And I, I go back to The Last Jedi when Luke says, see you around, kid. And then that's the last thing that Ben Solo hears from Luke. And then the first mm-hmm. thing he hears from Han Solo is, hey, kid, did Luke help Han somehow hmm. because it, it makes more sense for Han to visit him because he's his dad. Right. Right. I think we wanted, true. we would want a Luke conversation with him, but I think that was Luke's way of helping hmm. Ben as well. Wow. So that, that was like started as a Padme headcanon, but then it like went full. <laughs> so no, I'm into it. I, I I'm, I'm definitely into it. I no, I'm following. I'm totally following. It kind of fills in the gaps with, two like things that happen in star Wars that don't make a ton of sense. And right. The rise of Skywalker. I understand like we weren't going to get like a Leia and Ben moment because they only had whatever footage it was, but then we got Han. The scene was so powerful, but it still doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make sense <laughs> that that was Han. Uh, right. No, I am interested in that though, because I do wonder like, was the vision of, of Han that Ben saw, did that come from within him or did that come from the force? And that's an interesting concept to get into for sure. And yeah, going back to in return of the Jedi, when Leia talks about that, that she doesn't really remember her mother, but that she was very beautiful, but she was sad. I do believe also in headcanon that that is some type of connection that Leia had in the force. And that's, that kind of does fill that again, quote unquote, like plot hole that, they were such babies, but I think that, yeah, it's kind of like I- either it was a dream and she didn't realize it because she was so small or something like that. Yeah, I definitely, definitely am on board with that one for sure. Yeah, I mean, we all have certain memories from when we were kids about yeah. certain things that don't really probably add up or we remember it way differently or we remember a two second, like one of my first memories ever was at Disneyland when I was probably like four or five and like people think <laughs> I'm crazy, but like star tours, I, I remember C-3PO on star tours, the trunk that's run, legit. like that's always stuck with me. So I, I like to think Leia as a small child did see Padme and talk to her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't remember all of that. Cause she was so young. Sounds good to me. I mean, yeah. And, and sure. I, just, I love Padme and we needed more me Padme. Too. And I, I like to think that they connected and then now that Leia is gone, like I, I feel like it really came full circle, and she got to 
meet her mother and and be there and everything. I think you're right. I really do. Well, we're two for two. These are they're they're <laughs> they're, they're no longer head cannons. They are it's cannon. This now. is fact, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> so we we settled on two. It's we'll send it to Lucasfilm. We'll be we'll be all set. <laughs> Leia, do you remember your mother, your real mother? Just a little bit. She died when I was very young. What do you remember? Just images, really. Feelings. Tell me. She was very beautiful. Kind, but sad. Alright, let's uh let's go to your next one. Which what's your what's your next headcanon? Well, here's the funny thing, and I haven't told you this because I was I was just doing like a little bit of background before we started talking, and I think that this actually is now canon because of a book i saw it on on the youtubes and on the wikipedia etc etc but basically okay so before the last like hour when i realized that this might be confirmed now my um, so going pretending that doesn't exist my head canon was that r2d2 and obi-wan kenobi did acknowledge each other in a new hope we just don't see it on screen so there's that's always been considered one of the, again, quote unquote, plot holes. And I think there is kind of a trend with headcanon that it does kind of make plot holes better. But that, I think, is one of the cool things about it. But basically, we know in A New Hope, Obi-Wan scares away the people and then he comes to get Luke because Luke is knocked out, blah, blah, blah. And then R2 comes out from the little cave and uh, Luke says he's looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's like, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you all know what I'm going to. But he says, I don't, I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. You don't seem to remember ever owning a droid? So that's not a lie. Because he didn't own R2, but he doesn't say, I don't remember. I've never seen this droid in my life. He doesn't say that. Yeah. He just says, I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. So in my head canon, there was some moment when they're back at Obi-Wan's little bachelor pad that, <laughs> that Luke like left the room to... I don't know, make a phone call or something. And R2 was like, said to Obi-Wan, like, dude, what's <laughs> up? Why are you, why are you acting so weird? And Obi-Wan was like, just play it cool. It's good to see you, but we got to I got to get this done. There's a process. Just trust the process, you know, or something like that. <laughs> so that's my headcanon is that they did acknowledge each other just when Luke like wasn't around or something like that. I love that. And yeah, I can, I can like see that conversation <laughs> playing right and being like dude i haven't seen you forever like what the hell like exactly. what, no like we can't talk about that stuff in front of luke that would totally ruin everything if he knew about his father and all this stuff and it's just like oh. right he's like look i'm trying to i'm trying to make this work like just go along with it so i was looking that up a little bit because it's kind of like one of the best known like plot holes uh, why doesn't Obi-Wan recognize him? Why doesn't he? But I, I don't think he ever says that he doesn't recognize him. He just says he didn't own. I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. So I was looking into that. And basically, I found out that there was that book. I believe it was a young reader novel. They came out 
there was one, I think there was one for each of the original trilogy books and it was from like different points of view, like Han's point of view and Luke's. And this one was called The Princess, the Scoundrel and the Farm Boy. And it was about A New Hope by Alexandra Bracken, which I've never read it, but I have wanted to read those. Apparently at one point on the Falcon, when Luke is training and Obi-Wan is kind of just like watching him train, but Luke is kind of distracted. Han sees Obi-Wan like touch R2's head and says like, it's good to see you or something like that. But he said it so quietly that Han didn't even know if he really heard it or not. So that is technically in a canon Star Wars novel, be it a young reader novel or not. It is in there. So maybe this headcanon is canon and I just didn't even know it. That definitely backs up your argument right there. I feel a little vindicated to hear that that was in a book. So I definitely, I just, I do love to think about Obi-Wan just like nudging R2 at some point and being like, what's up, dude? You know? (laughs) That is one of those where uh, I haven't thought about that one in a long time, but that was another one where it's like, that doesn't make sense. And like, there's memes about it, I think too, of like, (laughs) yeah, I think so. Obi-Wan not remembering, but yeah, I would, uh, I would love to hear that conversation because yeah they had they had a lot of good times together for sure (laughs) okay so we are going to move on to my next one now and this one's not as serious as my first one and not as serious as my last one so i'm glad it's in the middle but lando the calrissian chronicles Mm -hmm. from solo where he's shown in the ship kind of documenting and telling stories, exaggerated stories of what he's done. So I loved that so much in Solo that he did that. And afterwards, a bunch of podcasts that I listened to were like, oh my God, Lando has a podcast. <laughs> or like, <laughs> Lando has a YouTube channel, you know? It's like, yeah, it's I, the best. I just loved that connection so much that I couldn't stop thinking about it for a long time. And so when we were talking about this episode, I was like, oh my God, like I have to talk about this because... It was another one. I had a lot on it already in my head, but then once I started really thinking about it, I just, I I couldn't stop thinking about it. So here we go. In my head, he started this as a trilogy to tell his tales from whenever it happened. And in the movie, it was kind of a shout out to the trilogy of books that came out, I think in the early nineties. And I don't, did not read them. Nor did I. I. but I know that there is a, a trilogy of books about Lando and his adventures. And so I think that's canon in my head that he was telling those stories. Okay. I think that when he started it, it didn't sell. He didn't, he couldn't get it out there. No one cared. Um, okay. You could tell he was exaggerating, but I think that after that, he converted it into more of a podcast and it was weekly, maybe bi-weekly. I don't know. But I think it started out with him and L3 as the co-hosts, right? And like, she was there to kind of rein him back in. But I think that it went on from Solo, at least Solo, all the way through The Rise of Skywalker and beyond. Ooh, okay. So I think that it started out from Solo to Empire Strikes Back. I think it was more of that podcast. Uh, He probably had guests on all the time. He probably (laughs) had, you know, bounty hunters and scoundrels and all sorts Mm -hmm. of people on his guests. But then once he became the Baron Administrator of Cloud City, he had to kind of switch it up. You know, he had to be a little bit more formal. So 
I think he kind of converted it at that point into more of like a news type podcast of like okay. what's going on, you know, current and so he, events. Yeah. Current events. Yeah, no, absolutely. So he had that going on during his time in Cloud City. But he kept all those previous recordings, right? And that's what was playing out over the loudspeakers normally. Okay. So, right, we hear the sirens, we hear the, you know, evacuate, whatever. But I think that on those speakers normally, it was just those however many years worth of content just (laughs) playing and playing and playing, right? Wow. I also think that he didn't stop recording. Like, he was obsessed with it. And he loved hearing himself so much that he had it through all of his adventures, right? So him and Nine Nun, I think that uh, he was probably a co-host at one point as well. You know, he didn't have didn't have L3. I have a whole whole other section for Lobot here shortly, but I think Nine Nun was probably a co-host. Um, I think Han was a guest once. Okay. Because Han lost some sort of bet. You know, he. he I got to get you on my podcast. I got to get you on this. <laughs> And Han's like, no, like, it's, you know, it's silly. I'm not going to do that. And then Lando probably like put something up big in a bet. He won it. So Han had to come on. So I think Han was a one-time co-host. And then going past Return of the Jedi. Right. So I think like Death Star 2, like blowing it up. Like, I think he legit was recording during those scenes. Like going into, he's like, I guarantee on his way to the Death Star 2, he was like setting up the cameras and getting the angles because he's like, this is going to be, so popular like this is going to be insane right. so he did that and then we fast forward after return of the jedi we know that him and luke had some sort of adventure looking for ochi right and this oh this kind of goes back to me just like needing to have it spelled out exactly the ochi timeline that i've talked about a lot of times but it still is all over the place so i think I think he recorded that and i'd love to hear like what exactly happened i i don't think that luke loved the idea of Lando recording uh-huh. all the time, but I think he let him do it because he loved Lando and they were, they were great pals. They were buddies. Yeah, exactly. And so I think he kept that through the rise of Skywalker. And I think that, you know, afterwards it, him and Jana are going to go look for Jana's parents. And I think that that was like his next idea in his head. Like, Hey, we're going to do this. Like now it's now Jana's going to be my co-host. So, <laughs> I think it spanned, you know, what, 45 years across the galaxy and his adventures. Wow. But in my head, the Calrissian Chronicles lived throughout all of that. And, and it I, was a podcast. It was a podcast YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was probably a mix. I think that he probably recorded it as YouTube videos, you know, hollow, hollow tube videos, whatever. Yeah. And, and also released the audio only on the podcast version. But going back to Lobot. Sorry for laughing so much. No, please keep going. So I think Lobot was the producer of the Calrissian Chronicles. Okay. Once once him and Lando, you know, were friends. And the intro music, like, in my head, it was probably, probably like, uh, I don't know if you remember the episode with Zero's Nightclub in the Clone Wars, but it was Mm -hmm. like this real, like, smooth, like, jazz music. Like, I think it was that band, whoever that band was. I think that's the intro music that Lando used. Okay. I also thought of what was playing in Dex's Diner, and it was more of like a Beach Beach Boys type vibe. Like, I thought maybe that could be intro or maybe outro music. Uh, What kind of music do you think that that Lando would have for for an intro? There's so much to unpack here. 
Um, <laughs> I made a playlist for my uh, Empire issue, the zine, of what I thought Lando would play at a dinner party. So, you know, just funky stuff. Just lots of funky stuff. Just real smooth stuff. It's got to be smooth. It does. Lando's <laughs> the smoothest of the smooth. And I could see him, like, if anyone from the star, the known Star Wars universe is going to have a talk show, it's going to be Lando because he's just so personable. You you just want to listen to him talk for hours. He's obviously very nice to look at. He connects very easily with others. I think they feel very comfortable with him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm following you there for sure. He is the one guy, I think, in, in the Star Wars galaxy that I would want to listen to. Oh, yeah. For sure. 100%. And I think Lobot was the producer. I think that that was Lando's way, you know, kind of when they went their separate ways mm-hmm. after Empire Strikes Back. I think that that was Lando's way of keeping touch in it with his pal, too. Like, Lobot would kind of, oh, you know, funny. yeah, he'd kind of do whatever for Lando. And I think Lando probably passed it off as like, hey, can you do this work for me or job for me or whatever? But really, it was Lando wanting to check in on Lobot because who doesn't love Lobot? I sure do. That's for sure. Well, that has been uh, episode 16 of Forks Time. So <laughs> I think I talked long enough there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I really like that. I think that's a great headcanon to have. I think it's something that, uh, you know, look, I want more Lando in all in all forms. So if he like if he was putting his story out there, like I want to hear it. And I actually do want to read those books. I worked at a used bookstore for a while and they had them and I didn't buy them and I regret it every day at least once. (laughs) And um, yeah. And also I did love that love, love, love that part in solo. It's just the, it's just the best. It's so good. (laughs) So good. And Donald Glover just like plays it perfectly. So good. (laughs) He's so good. Lando's the best. Ah, Make solo to happen. Yeah. We, We need more. We need more Lando young Lando and young Han stories. I agree. Yeah. That is, I mean, I mean, there's no way he was recording that and then wasn't going to share it with the world, the galaxy. So I agree. He wanted to get that out to everybody. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, it, I think that's the one constant and throughout his life is the Calrissian Chronicles and, and how like he worked. That. All right. Look, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a Billy D impersonator and just like, do that like i would gladly put that together and just tell lando's stories Ugh, an audio drama how good would that be oh god yeah that would be really good good. really good but yes no that's that's my head cannon number two so let's shift gears i'm sure that yeah that might be the goofiest one of all so let's let's (laughs) shift gears and and uh and head back your way calrissian chronicles chapter five my third and final headcanon is actually equally as goofy. Or no, it's not, maybe not. <laughs> that was pretty goofy. So it's probably like just a little bit less goofy than that. But I think I've probably also told you about this too, because I I talk about this a lot. But my third headcanon is that the reason that Boba Fett was so easily defeated in Return of the Jedi is because he had been uh, partying with some ladies. So (laughs) I will say that this is a tiny bit inspired by Robot Chicken, uh, (laughs) where 
there's a lot of really great clips of Boba Fett being super wasted and that's why he falls into the Sarlacc so easily. Um, really, really funny. He calls Luke Skywalker Jodie Foster, which like made me laugh really hard. Anyway, um, so it's a little bit inspired by that, but I don't know. It's just like that was, you know, because that's that's such a, a weird thing about Return of the Jedi is that he just like goes down so easy. And he, it, but when I, I like, I just watched it a little while ago and it like, it looks like he just, his coordination is just off. You know what I mean? Like he just looks like he's kind of disoriented and like can't really figure out what's right, what's left. And, and then he just like, boom. And, and I think, I think it's cause he was, I think he was at Java's palace, just hitting it a little hard. And, you know, he's, he's got the flirt going and maybe he just like, you know, thought it was going to be a slow work day and just threw a couple back and, and, <laughs> and then when everything, you know, everything pops off, he was, he wasn't ready. He just wasn't, he wasn't on his, on his, on the top of his game, you know? <laughs> I I totally believe that for sure. I, I'm just trying to imagine, especially like what we know now with like the Mandalorian and not taking your helmet off and stuff. Like he probably right. had one of those things that the middle of his mask just like opens up. And that's <laughs> probably how he's, how he's drinking. And it makes me think of right now, like the times we're living in, you know, the face masks that they've oh that God, they've, yeah, the little things in there. So yeah, I love that. Well, cause my, the, the like deeper dive into this is definitely that is definitely, I I've always wanted to write like a fan fiction about this, that like he either was out before he went to the palace that day and either like, saw a clone or he or something happened to remind him of his father and then he got super bummed out and the way that he like the way (laughs) and then the way that he like dealt with his sadness was like you know I'm just gonna like kind of let loose tonight and then these you know he's talking to the ladies and they're kind of like telling him like loosen up you know like and then I had in my head he's like super bummed and like would just go off by himself really quick take off the helmet just like take a few shots and then go back you know and like anyway <laughs> I, I it really took a turn it really took a <laughs> I know it, it got a little dark but <laughs> Star Wars is tragedy so yes exactly and I just love the idea of him just like having like an off day and that's the day that everything happens like you know they've been at Jabba's palace for like a while because Han is there for like a while right like but for them to formulate that plan and everything and for Luke to put on his like cool guy clothes and all that so like in that time every day it's just been kind of like you know he comes and goes whenever he swings by he's just like standing there just like hanging out so then he's like, you know what? I'm always here hanging out. I'm going to have some fun. And then that's the day. That's like, <laughs> that's my favorite thing to think about is like the one day he's just like, whatever, I'm going to chill. And that's the day that they show up, you know? What if it's the anniversary of Django Fett being defeated? That's the only thing that came into my I mean, mind. no, that would have, I mean, honestly, if I wrote that fan fiction that I dream about, that would be what it is. Like he's got in his ship he's got some type of like memento or like maybe he still has Django's helmet or something and that might not that might be discredited somewhere in canon I don't know but like maybe he has some type of memento and then he sees it and it you know 
And then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun tonight or I just want to get my mind off this. And, and then that's the day that everything happens. And that's why he goes down so easy. That is like my true, to me, that's fact. Honestly, I don't think that he just like went down because the good guys were like better than him. I mean, maybe we don't really, you know, we don't see him do a ton of stuff in the original trilogy, I guess. Like, He's not, he doesn't have a ton of screen time. So we don't really see like an example of his skills that much, I guess, in the original trilogy. So, but in my head, it's like the reason that he had such an off day is, you know, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good day for him. I'm all in on that. <laughs> Thank you. That makes me like Boba Fett more even. Exactly. Because I'm never, exactly. like when, we've, we've talked about this, but when The Mandalorian was announced, I was like, eh, whatever. It's Star Wars. I'm sure I'll love it, you know? But I wasn't like, oh, wow, like Mandalorian, like Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool. But, and like, yeah, I just, I was never a huge Boba Fett fan, but I think you just made me a way bigger, because that's, that's Star Wars. That's tragic right there. That is, it's, we, exactly. we, we just got done with, jedi club last night with the last jedi and i think it was jason from blast points who said hux's no good very bad day or whatever it was (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is boba fett's awful no good very bad day is that exactly because i always think of it as like you know when we see the movies like we see when everything happens but like what about the days that are just like a normal day and nothing happens and you're just kind of living your life, living your Star Wars life as we do. And like, I just love that. Like he kind of like slipped and that was the day. That's the day, you know, <laughs> I just love that concept so much. And, and just in his head too, like, he probably even on the way to Jabba's uh, or on the way to the Sarlacc pit, he was probably like, ah, oh, it's going to be easy. like, I'm just got to stand here. Like everything's going fine. And then like, things go crazy. He's like, Oh God, I shouldn't have those drinks. Like I shouldn't have hit that bomb, whatever he did. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Cause he like, cause he kind of like, he makes a really smooth landing on the sail barge. But after that, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? And he looks like he's, off balance and i'm like man he was just he wasn't prepped (laughs) i can't stop laughing (laughs) so anyway that's my final headcanon it's my favorite thing in the world wow i feel like i shouldn't even i don't even have any more like that that did it that that's (laughs) thank you That's that's amazing. Yeah, you you had mentioned a little bit of that before to me, but not the detail, and and it didn't get me thinking about how that went to. But yeah, that was that's just bad luck. Where do you stand on on Boba Fett and the Sarlacc pit? You mean as far as like survival? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, well, because I want to hear. I want to keep continue my headcanon. I think he sobered up. And I think he figured out how to get out of there. Like we see in the Mandalorian. I mean, obviously they're not the same person, but we see how resourceful Din Djarin is and like how he thinks things through and then like uses his weaponry to like do stuff. I feel like, I feel like there's a chance he could have gotten out of there. I think the deep thing that I would say is that I don't think that he needs to survive to make his story matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I think that he definitely could have gotten out of there because in my, in my head canon, it just continues that like he, (laughs) he's tipsy, he goes down 
and then he sobers up and he figures a way out a way to get out of there. And that's <laughs> that that would be the continuation of the headcanon. But I don't think that I think that if he did die, it doesn't make him less uh important. Is that too deep? It might be too deep. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're pretty deep with the uh like Django shout out and like the right? and yeah, no, so it was already pretty deep. But yeah, no, I agree with that. I've never been like, oh, what was Boba's Boba Fett's purpose if he was just gonna die like that? Like I've never thought of it like that. Like I was yeah. of him like what he was at the time, like a really cool side character that like all of us would love, even if it came out today, you know, a lot of people would right. be the heck you know like why did that happen but yeah no i i think uh i think I, i've never had much of an opinion on if he survived or not I think, like, me too yeah if if they bring him back in canon great if they don't whatever we got a lot of i mean just based on the design of his costume we got all that in the clone wars mm-hmm. and rebels and an entire show based on the same type of creed and armor and everything. So I think True. Boba Fett, yeah, gave us gave us a lot in his little time. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's I think that's canon. I think all of these right now. I mean my yeah, my that that whole little Boba Fett journey we just went on in my head is fact. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you. Are these hypoallergenic? Why do I have a t-shirt cannon? Boba Fett. Present. Boba Fett. Tastes like your mama's kisses. Where? Hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick you up later. Oh, hello. Meant to do it. Okay, so we're going to go to my last one. And I'm ready. my last character, as you know, is Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. And that was on the list. So in my head, and this is in, this is in no way saying like this is what the creators were trying to do or whatever. But in my head, Ben Solo lives in some capacity still. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. There's a lot of reasons why, and I'll kind of go through them, but just based on what we were told in the rise of Skywalker, the same movie where he dies three times, Mm -hmm. basically, because he gets (laughs) stabbed by Ray, he gets thrown down the pit. And then at the very end, right? So, we are told that Ray and Ben are a dyad in the force, right? Yes. A dyad yes. consists of two parts. And according to the visual dictionary, a dyad in the force is a phenomenon that occurs when two individuals share a unique force bond, connecting their minds across space and time. Mm, it really says that? Interesting. Space and time. And I feel like if they're a true dyad, they both need to exist if that makes sense like they both need to exist somehow now i'm not saying ben so is like he just is on a different planet somewhere just chilling and mm-hmm. like, what the hell, how did i get here but i think that there's definitely something there and i think that that's probably especially again after what we see you know with their relationship in the rise of skywalker that that's something that ray's not just going to be like okay you know, well, that was, that was a nice like time in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's time to go to the next thing. Like, I think that that's going to be with her and especially that they had that such a strong bond. And it just made me think of like the balance of the force. Is there truly balance now without that side? I No one really knows what, for, what balance is. Right. But I mean, right, sure. wh- what does that tell us where in the same movie we're getting, it's it, 
they're a dyad in the force, but then one of them's all of a sudden gone. So that's that's the first thing, like the dyad thing. Ray is she whole? You know, just like what does sure. that what does that mean? That that's the space and time thing. Like there's there's mm. something there where they. I think they did leave the door open, and I'll talk a little bit about that more here soon too. But okay, before I get to that, let's travel to Mortis real quick. So Mortis, yeah. I know right when this movie came out everyone saw what happened it was immediately like oh he, world between worlds mortis mm-hmm. something but it there's not it's i don't think it's that simple always but mm-hmm. first thing that i really thought of regarding ben solo and how he disappeared and everything was right. he transferred his life force or whatever you want to call it to ray who was completely dead like she was totally dead like you could right. you, on mortis a similar thing happens and it's daughter who is basically on her last breath mm-hmm. and Anakin standing there between daughter and Ahsoka and Ahsoka's just as dead as Ray was basically. Mm-hmm. And Anakin stands there in between them, transfers life force from daughter to Ahsoka, right? That totally wipes out daughter. Now Ahsoka's back to life. Right. But daughter was on her last breath. Like she was almost dead. Mm-hmm. And she had enough life force to bring Ahsoka completely back. Ben Solo was not nearly dead. Like he just climbed out of that pit. Yeah. You can't just climb out of a pit on your last breath. Like he, he was a young man. He was 30 years old. He just climbed up. Like he looked fine in that moment. And even in the rise of Skywalker, the precedent we see is Ray helping out the snake and then Ray helping out Ben Solo. And it like, she shakes her hand. Like it was nothing. True. Maybe it kind of hurt a little bit, but in Mortis too, we get Anakin asking father for help and with Ahsoka when Ahsoka's dead and father's like, I cannot undo what is done. There is no hope. Mm. Anakin, of course, says, yes, there is. There's always hope, which that's Star Wars. There's always hope. And it made me think of Sky Talkers saying of look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars, because in my head, like right there, that sums it all up for me. Last point I'll make on Ben Solo. Well, obviously at the end, we don't see his force ghost. Right. Would it have been weird to see him by Luke and Leia coming there to Ray? Maybe, but I don't think it looking weird is a big enough. Like, I think that was one of the reasons that were put out there by the, creators the writers and i just i don't think that's a good enough reason in my head just because it wouldn't look right if he was dead dead we would have seen him mm-hmm. Horse goes. I, yeah when he vanishes it's at the same time as leia that she vanishes maz smiles we do see leia's force ghost we do we we definitely do in my mind, that moment where they both disappear at the same time, they were together. Leia and Ben were together. Hmm. It's hard for me to believe that a kid of Han Solo and Princess Leia mm-hmm. was like totally brainwashed from the beginning. Uh, we were, you know, built to have this empathy for him. Obviously, like he's our two heroes kid that he's going to disappear. And he was 30 years old. Like I can't in my head, he's alive somewhere. I don't know what it is. I don't know how, but I think they did leave it open enough too for that to happen. And I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to add because I just agree with you. I mean, I, I, I do agree. I'm, I'm saying I, I do like, I, I think that uh, it definitely was strange to not see him there at the end, even though I guess, 
yeah, would it look weird? I don't know. But basically, to not see his force ghost at all, to me, does make me think that he could still be in some other realm or something like that. Yes, I agree. And I like the idea of it because I feel like it kind of points towards things about the force that we still maybe don't really fully understand, even though it's been explored in in the animation and stuff. It's like stuff that we maybe don't really get, which I I just like that about the force in general. And it's funny because uh, my friend Marissa wrote a fan fiction, which I printed in, in one of the issues of my zine this year that has a bunch of parts that basically picks up right at the end of the rise of Skywalker. And it was, it was so well-written that I feel like her fan fiction has kind of like gotten into my head canon too. And basically in her writing, uh, Ray has dreams where she hears Ben's voice and then she consults with Maz about how to journey through the force to try to find where he is. So I, I do think that that concept is very, very interesting and yeah, would, would I say it's my headcanon? I don't know. I think it's too soon for me to say. But I do think that that would make a lot of sense. I don't know if we'll ever see it, though, which is kind of a kind of a weird thing. But I feel like, yeah, it's, it, I think you're definitely right that it was left open-ended in some way. It was just, it was left. I don't know if if I wanted, like, a pretty bow on everything, you know, the end with, like, a, you know, I don't know if I wanted that. But we, I don't think we got it. I think you're right. It's definitely open-ended. I think that if they really wanted him dead, too, and they really, like, they wanted to show that, like, we definitely would have got a Force Ghost somehow. Whether she looks over this way and sees Luke and Leia, and then she walks off to the sun, and then she sees Ben and something along those lines. Or the other way around, she sees Ben first. Whatever you want to go with that. But mm-hmm. I just, I since it came out, like, in my head, no one's going to change my mind. Like Ben Solo is alive. He's somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's world between worlds. Like, I feel like that's too easy of an answer to just mm. be like, he's in the world. between. Like there's more to it. Like, I think that could come into play more to sure. come into play, but I think, and you're right. Like that's what gets me so excited about star Wars is like the force stuff. And like, that's why I like the last Jedi so much because it expanded on, I mean, mm-hmm. the force awakens really did too on a lot of that stuff, but just, Luke at the end of The Last Jedi projecting himself across the galaxy like the ultimate move. Yeah. And I just feel like there's more of that. And yeah, they said it was the end of the Skywalker saga, but are we really done seeing Rey? I don't think we are. I don't think we can be. I don't know. Walking out of the Rise of Skywalker, and I'm, I'll say it, I wanted more. Like I wasn't satisfied, you know, where I was like, oh, that's great. Like everything's going to be okay. I was like, no, like I want to see what Rey and Finn and Poe and like, I want to see what they're going to do next because there's a lot for them to do. There's so much. Yeah. It's in my head and I, I've said it a lot of times, but yeah, Ben Solo lives somewhere, somehow to me. I totally agree. Yes. I think it's definitely not as simple as what we saw. I think that there's, yes, I, I definitely agree with you. Yes. And will we ever see that? Who knows? I think like they, Adam driver was huge before this movie came out, but like he's, is he going to want to come back? I don't know. It's it's hard to see, but it, no matter what, like in my head, somehow him and Ray are mm-hmm. talking somehow. And for sure, she's trying to figure something out. And I'm really glad you brought that up from your zine too, because yeah, that was, I. there's a ton of fan fiction out there. That, so like, there's some really creative ones too on, on how that happened. But there's a, okay. the door's cracked, I think. 
And I agree. Just if they're ever going to push through, who knows? But in my head, Ben Solo lives. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way there. So disturbing. Kylo Ren is dead. My son is alive. So we had Lando keeping his podcasts for 45 years. We had a drunk Boba Fett. We had Shmi Skywalker mm-hmm. being force sensitive. Ben Solo living. R2 Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan. And R2. We've had a lot. This is, uh, there's a lot. And I feel like we could do one of these episodes once a month with other oh, headcans. Yeah. I'm so Absolutely. interested just to hear everybody else's. And I love when people have those where I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Because it's such a, there's so much storytelling already out there, but there's so much in the middle of everything that's missing. Okay. And you can just, I've always been like a completionist. Like I want to know specifically what happens with every character like throughout the entire time but that's also like on the other hand like that's also the best part about star wars is we can kind of fill in those gaps on our own so the more every time like more knowledge comes out it lessens some of that mystery but then we get a story like the mandalorian where it's just like we're gonna open it back up you know exactly very exciting stuff i'm excited to see how this comes together in the zine and Did you have anything else on any of this? I, I love digging into the head cannon. I love when you see a random thing in a visual dictionary that blows your mind. It's it's all it's all good. And yeah. I loved yours as well. I want to hear Lando's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a project for another time. It's a that's what Moz says. It's a story for another time. So for- yeah exactly well Kara, thank you for coming on again and we'll have to do something soon as well can you tell the people where to find you yes so my instagram is sacred something by Kara. Kara with a k i am not on twitter i am nowhere but instagram running joke that yes is not a fan of twitter and i don't blame you one bit but i think it's it's me it's me it's not it's not you twitter it's me but also it's you a little but it's fine it's kind of like in seinfeld like in every episode there's a superman you know like in Mm -hmm. every episode of force time that you're on there's a i'm not on twitter so i'm not on twitter so i'm on instagram and and please find me there you can find my zines Lots of collage art, lots of fun stuff. Yes, and I will put that in the show notes for sure. Thank and you. follow Kara, subscribe to Razine, check out her collage prints. I have one collage print and then I have a commission coming soon too that I'm very Heck excited yeah. about. And yes, I've been a subscriber since the beginning and it's the first best subscriber. First subscriber. I'm number one. I need a <laughs> little foam finger. But yes, I'm very good decision to get in on that when I did because it's you. yeah, it's such a fun, fun treat whenever that comes in the mail every month. It's just fun to get something, especially right now. We all need something like that. It's yes, it's very exciting. So thanks again. And you can find the show at Force Time Pod on Twitter. You can leave us a review on iTunes and may the force be with you. 